Have you seen an angel? Have you experienced uh, some kind of angel's hand in your life? Um, we were at Oshkosh last year with Pathfinders, and that Oshkosh camp ground is so big, and, but you have to walk all the way from here to there every day. And it's just so much to walk, and it's hot. And it wasn't easy for us to walk around, but um, it was a few of us um, that we had to go from one end to the other, and we were walking, and we were hoping to catch a ride from one of the golf carts that are passing by, but they're all going to the other directions, opposite direction. But we found one golf cart. There was one guy who was driving his golf cart, and I said, like, can you give us a ride? I said, Sure. And where are you going? And then we told him where we were going. He said, you know what? That's pretty far. Let me just drop you, you guys all the way up where you guys are at. So he was supposed to turn right uh, like soon after, but then he drove us all the way to right in front of our tents. And we were so thankful. We were thinking, maybe he must be an angel. <laughs> That's what we thought. <laughs> but um, it would be a great experience to see an angel, actual angel. Um, I haven't seen one um, but how would you like to be called? Would you like to be called an angel? Because we see here in the Bible there is an angel or angels in the Bible, and and we'll find out who those angels are. Uh, Revelation fourteen, verses six through seven. Then I saw another angel flying in the midair, and he had the everlasting. He had the gospel to pro proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Here it says, the everlasting gospel. Friends, what is the everlasting gospel? Was the gospel different in the Old Testament, the time of Moses, time of Adam, Abraham, Samuel, or time of Jesus, or the, the Dark Ages, or today? Is it different? When, when I study the Bible, I'm, I'm um, copying this from the, uh, the book Homiletic Review, uh, page 336, and also um, the preaching of the chaplain uh, Barry Black. Basically, if you study throughout the Bible, um, you find Jesus, Jesus Christ, the heart of the Bible. He is the creator and the promised seed of woman in Genesis. He is the Passover lamb in Exodus. He is the high priest in Numbers. And he is the captain of the Lord's army in Joshua. Jesus is the kinsman redeemer in the book of, book of Ruth. And Job calls him, I know that my Redeemer lives. And he is David's Lord and Shepherd. And he is, he is the beloved in Song of Songs. Isaiah calls him, he is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jeremiah calls him the Lord, our righteousness. And Daniel, in the book of Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. And in Hosea, he's a faithful husband. Zechariah, he is the branch. In Haggai, he is the desire of all nations. And in Malachi, he is the son of righteousness. And Matthew calls him king. 
Mark calls him son of man, and Luke calls him the great physician, and John calls him word made flesh. And in Philippians, it says, At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of our Father God. And 1 Thessalonians calls him, that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to, with them in the cloud to meet the Lord, and we shall, we shall ever be with the Lord. And Jude says that he is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his glory with exceeding joy. And the book of Revelation calls him, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And it says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, nor crying, no more pain. And he says, I am coming quickly. Friends, what is the everlasting gospel? It is Jesus he is the only gospel that we have ever known, that humanity has ever heard in our history. Jesus is our gospel. And, and the first angel's message says that we have to have this everlasting gospel. So this everlasting gospel is what we are preaching to all nations and the tongues and languages. And verse 7 says, fear God and give glory to him. Fear God. What does it mean to fear God? Does it mean that we are scared of him? The word in, in, in Greek here, it's, it's phobeo, where we get like phobia. So that actually means to fear, but also it means to reverence, to reverence, to worship, to bring, to honor him. That's what it means. So uh, this, this bringing absolute loyalty to God and full surrender to his will that's what it means to fear God. And the first angel's message says that we have to fear God. We need to give full surrender to his will and absolute loyalty to God. Are we doing that, friends, to God? That is the first angel's message. And it says, give glory to him. The word glory in, in Greek is doxa. Doxa, where we get doxology from, doxa. Um, but that same word, doxa, is found in Exodus 33, verses 18 and 22, where you find the story of Moses calling God, God, show me your glory. That word is doxa. You know what happens? When, when Moses says, show me your glory, and, and he goes up. And what does, what does God show him? Show me your glory. And, okay, let's, let's read what, what it says here. Exodus 33, 6. And, and he passes in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abound in love and, and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands of generations and forgiving weakness, wickedness and rebellion and sin. So here, Moses, God hides him in the cleft of the rock, and he passes through. As he's passing through, it's not some flash, 
some light that he sees. What Moses sees, it's God's character. That's what he sees. His, his, basically, his, his slow to anger, his abounding in faith, faithfulness and in love, and he says his compassion, his gracious God, and his mercy, and that he's, he's enduring for thousands of generations and forgiving sinners. That's what Moses sees. That's the glory of God, and according to Exodus 33. So this glory of God, we can say that in the first angel's message that we have to proclaim is what? The character of God. The character of God. Now, um, the character, his goodness, his mercy, his love, his, his justice, his faithfulness must be reflected in God's people. That's how we can proclaim his, his glory. You know why? Because um, in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness had shined in our, light, in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It says, The glory of God was in the what? face of Jesus Christ. If you, know, if you know the character of Jesus, what was he like? He was merciful. He was loving. He was compassionate. He was forgiving. He was, he was accepting. That's what he was. That's who he was. And if you see Jesus' face, that's what, he, what you realize. He was loving and compassionate and forgiving. And that's what the Bible says his glory was on his face, in his face. When he showed his character to others, everyone around him could see how loving, how great he was. That's when the glory of God was shining through his character, through his face. So that's what it means, friends. So it was on his face, use his face. So, okay, let's go back. So, first angel's message proclaims that we need to have, we have this everlasting gospel, which is Jesus. The focus of the whole Bible, Jesus, is our everlasting gospel. And we need to give glory to God, and how can we give glory to, what is the glory of God? Character of God. And that character of God needs to be manifested, needs to be shown through whom? Through us, through our face, through our actions. Here is a famous quote that I like. It says, preach the everlasting gospel. Preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. That means we need to preach the, we need to preach the gospel with our actions with our deeds, with our character. Let me ask you a question. Do your neighbors know that you are a Christian? Do they see something different about you than the next door neighbor? Can they come to you and say, you know what? I see there's something different about you. Are you a Christian? Is there something that I can, that I can see in you? I want to know about what you, what you have that I don't have. That is preaching the gospel without using words. That's what the first angel's message is talking about. We need to show God's glory and 
the showing God's glory is showing his character in our face, just as Jesus was showing God's glory through his face. And if you move on to the next chapter of Exodus chapter 34, you know what happens? Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 and 30. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hand, this is the second time. First time, people made the golden calf, and he broke them because he was so upset. And he goes back the second time, and he, he claims, God, show me your glory. And that's what God does. He shows God's, uh, God's glory to Moses. And after spending time with God, he comes down, and what happens? His face was radiant. His face was shining. The people were scared of him because his face was so shining. So here is what's happening. His face was shining with God's glory, and that's what people could see. But you know what? Did Moses realize that his face was shining? It says he didn't realize that. That's what needs to happen. When we show God's glory to other people, other people could see that but we may not realize that we are doing it. Like one hand doing something and the other hand is not knowing what's happening. That's showing God's glory. That's proclaiming God's message, God's glory. And, and he says, Moses, how was Moses' face shining? What was the secret that his face was shining? What happened? Because he went up, he spent time with God. He beheld God's face. He was in God's presence. He spent time with God. And if you read on, the Bible says in verse 29, he spoke with God. And that's how his face was shining. Now, how can we speak to God? Do you know any way, any possible way to speak to God? Prayer. Yes. That's how we can pray to God. We may not be able to see God, God face to face like Moses did. We may not be able to do so. But Jesus says, you are more blessed because when I go up, you cannot see me. You cannot physically see me or be with me. But when I send that Holy Spirit, then you are more blessed because he can be in your heart. Not, in, not sitting next to him, but he can be in your heart. So yes, we have that privilege, full privilege to be with God, to spend time with God, to be in God's presence, to see, behold his face. That's what we need to do. Moses said he spoke with God. When we pray to God, when we spend that time with God, then yes, we can also have that glory shining through our face. Like the like, like the Corinthians says, that his face was shining. The glory of God was in his face. And the glory of God can be in our face through our action. And that, friends, is the first angel's message. Proclaiming God's gospel, the everlasting gospel. And it says, the hour of his judgment has come. What is this judgment? This judgment that, that we have. Judgment. The first thing that comes to mind when, when it says judgment, it sounds like second coming of Jesus, right? 
everything is all finished, and that is the judgment. But you know what? That cannot be that judgment. Why? First of all, if you read Revelation 14, there is the first, second, and third angel's message. And if you read on in verse um, 14 and 15, so first, angels, first, second, third angel's message is uh, verses 6 through 12, 6 through, 6 through 9 there. But if you read on in verse 14 and 15, it says, Take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So here is the story of Jesus coming. That's taking place after the first, second, and third angel's message. So the sequence of the order is that the first, second, and third angel's message will be proclaimed first, and then the second coming of Jesus will take place. This, the judgment the first angel's message is talking about is not the judgment that's taking place during the second coming of Jesus. It must happen before. And think about it. When the first, second, and third angel's message is proclaimed to, to reach out to the people so that they can be saved. And if, the Jesus, if Jesus has already come, there is no more salvation at that point. There is no more conversion happening at that point. It's already done, right? Jesus is only coming to take his people back home. So this judgment must be before the time of his second coming. So what is this judgment? The word judgment... This, this, this idea of concept of judgment can be found in sanctuary service. Sanctuary service. Okay, so let's go to Daniel chapter 8, verses 13 and 14. It says, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot until 2,300 days and shall the sanctuary be cleansed? This is the typical Adventist verse, right? And this verse, if you studied, the sanctuary shall be cleansed. This word cleansing in Hebrew is sadak, or in, in Greek, it means um, dikaios. So both words meaning the same thing. It means, to, it means just or righteousness or shall be cleansed in, in the form, sharing the same form, the root word, sharing the same word. So this means God's, God's sanctuary is just, is righteous, is cleansed. Or it means God's character is vindicated, it's, it's made just. That's what it means. Amen. So uh, what happens is that when the, when the sanctuary, if you know that the blood that when people bring their sins and their sin transmitted to the curtain, the veil. And then when does that curtain get cleansed? The whole year, people bring their sins, their, their sheep, their sacrifice animals to the sanctuary and they pray over the sacrifice and then the sin is transmitted through the blood, the service of the, of the priest to the temple, to the sanctuary and to the curtain. And then at the end of the year, during the Day of Atonement, is the time when that blood on the curtain is transferred over to the Azazel goat. And then he's released in the wilderness. And Satan basically takes the sin, the guilt of the sin. And that sanctuary is cleansed every year, at the end of that every year and during the, during the Day of Atonement. And that is when the sanctuary is cleansed. And the uh, early Adventist people thought that was the 
cleansing of the earth, and that's when Jesus is coming. That's when we thought the great disappointment happened. But actually what happens is that that's the time where Jesus goes into the most holy place and starts the progress, the work of cleansing of the sanctuary, meaning blotting out of sin, removing all the sin from God's people. That, my friend, is the judgment of the first angel's message. When did that start? When did Jesus go into the most holy place to start the work of the Day of Atonement? 1844. So 1843, 1844 is when the first angel's message was proclaimed, and that's when it started. But you know what? Does that mean we don't need the first angel's message now? No. uh, State Bible Commentary says that without the first angel's message and the second angel's message, the third angel's message cannot be proclaimed, has no effect. So we have to have first, second, and third angel's message all together for us to have the effect of all three gospels, uh, all three messages uh, uh, proclaimed. Now, um, the outcome of this judgment is the cleansing of the sanctuary, cleansing of God's people, and the sin eradicated. So here, it says, the outcome of this judgment is the cleansing of the sanctuary, and basically it says, the cleansing of the heavenly sanctuary comprehends the entire work of the final judgment, beginning with the investigative phase and ending with the executive phase, which results in the permanent eradication of sin from the universe. And that's when Revelation 22, 11 is proclaimed. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. That time has begun about 170 years ago, 180 years ago. And that work is about to finish at any moment, friends. Before that work is finished, we need to go back to God. We need to, we need to get our sins forgiven. You know, the good thing is that throughout the whole year, a sinner can bring a, a sacrifice and his sins forgiven throughout the whole year. But during the Day of Atonement, what happens? If you do not have your sins forgiven, if you do not have your sins confessed, and that day passes, you are cut off from the children of Israel, from the assembly of God's people. But the good thing is that throughout the Day of Atonement, on that physical day, they could still come to God and confess their sins. That was the example of the sanctuary service from the time of Moses. That means, while we are living in this time of history, where we, while we are going through, because we were born, all of us were born in that time of the Day of Atonement period. We didn't have any other regular daily service, per se. We only have this time of the Day of Atonement time, meaning we still can come to God and ask for forgiveness, and our sins can be forgiven. Not only be forgiven, but blotted out and completely gone. And that, my friend, is the first angel's message. Friends, so are we living the first angel's message? Or have we just heard about it? Are we proclaiming the message? As I said at the beginning, have you seen an angel? We may not have seen an angel, but we could be called an angel. Why? 
Because the first, second, and the third angel's message, when they are flying up in the midair and they are proclaiming the first, second, and third angel's message, guess who they are? Are they physically like literal angels flying around and they're proclaiming the message? And you can see on Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat, say, oh, I see an angel flying up in the air and he's saying something. I must listen. No, you will never hear that. It is the people. It is you and me proclaiming God's message to the last generation, to these people of this earth. And how can we proclaim God's message? How can we show, give God glory? As we shared earlier, we need to live the gospel and show the, the, grace, the, the glory of God through our faith, showing God's character. Are we showing God's character to our friends, to our family? Can other people see our face and say, you know what, I see Jesus in you. Is that our testimony? Or are we not there yet? Friends, time is ticking. And time is coming where we have to do that very soon. And how can we have that character of God shining through our face, through our character? As we have seen in the example of Moses, what do we need to do? We need to spend time with God. We need to pray. We need to go be in God's presence. And we need to spend that time with God. We need to study the Word of God. We need to eat that flesh that Jesus has given us. When we do that, then the character of God, the glory of God can be shown in our face. How many of you want to have your character, your life, your, your daily life changed to show God's character to the character of Jesus? And I mean, I pray that we will spend that time with God. We will pray to God and that God will give us that character, that glory of God shining through our lives. And others may be, may be able to see that, you know what, there is something different about you. Please tell me about your Jesus. When we do that, we are proclaiming the first angel's message. May God help us, be with us as we proclaim the first angel's message, the gospel the only gospel that we know, Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord. So that, so that the second angel's message can be proclaimed and the third angel's message can be proclaimed and Jesus can come soon and we can all go home where there is no more mask needed, where there is no more social distancing needed, where there is no more this, all this nonsense of live streaming needed, where we can all hold hand in hand and be in God's presence and worship God and fellowship. Until that time, let us be faithful. Let us spend time with Jesus. Let us pray, everyone. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we are living in this world where we are limited with so many things. Lord, even at this time, even at this difficult time, if we are not reminded to cleanse our sins, cleanse ourselves, to go back home, if we don't have yet the homesick to go to heaven. If we are not wanting to go to heaven, if we are still feeling comfortable, we are still, we are getting adjusted into this lifestyle and we are thinking this is okay. Lord, have mercy on us. Help us to have the desire and to the heart to go home soon, Lord. 
And for us to do that, we need to proclaim these three messages that God has given us to proclaim to this world. The first angel's message. So that we can go and spend time with God, just like Moses had this glory shining and radiant through his face. Help us to have that glory of God, the character of God, the merciful, the loving, the compassionate heart in our character, in our lives, so that others can see that shown through our lives. Help us not to only preach and talk and teach the gospel, but help us to live it so others can see us, Lord. Help us to be part of this angel group proclaiming the first angel's message. Use us, Lord, so that your glory can shine. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up.